Now, Scotland's talking. Call 0333-2020-401 and join the debate. And from me, Ali Bally, good morning and welcome to Scotland's Talkin'. On the programme today, should the BBC back down on the decision to take away free TV licences from the over 75? As you know, it's causing widespread anger, but the Director General of the Beeb says the freebie is not affordable anymore. We've been trying to find out what is fairest, what is fair to old people and what is fair to the people who are paying for us who are below 75. The government says it's leading the world with its new promise on climate change. We, after all, started the problem. The Industrial Revolution is what has changed our climate. We grew rich because of that pollution. But are you ready to make the sacrifices to reduce emissions to net zero by 2050? And also between now and midday, what do you think of the Tory MP Rory Stewart's idea to bring back a form of national service? It's a fantastic way of bringing people from Scotland and England together, a fantastic way of bringing together a sense of national pride. Mm, And how often have you come across this? I've seen the restaurant full of customers, but no atmosphere. No one's talking, they just sit on their phones. Scott Learmer is a restaurant owner who's got so fed up he's taking radical action. We'll find out about that later on. This is Scotland's Talking. If you would like to join us, the phone number's are there. 0333 2020 401. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. There's been a massive row this week about the BBC's decision to get rid of free TV licences for people aged over 75. From next year, everyone with a telly will have to pay, unless you're in a low-income house where someone is receiving pension credit. Around half a million people have signed a petition against it. The free TV licence was brought in by Gordon Brown in the year 2000. Before that, everyone paid. Now, until now, the scheme was funded by the taxpayer, but from 2020, it's going to be up to the BBC to find the money. It costs three quarters of a billion pounds and the BBC says that's 20% of their budget and simply they can't afford it. Here's the Director General, Lord Hall. We've wanted to get to a position where uh, we are fair to the over 75s who need it most, i.e. those on pension credit, but also fair to other people who are paying the licence fee who want BBC Two to continue and BBC Four and Five Live and local radio. They want us to find a fairer way of uh, giving uh, the licences over 75, free licences to people who are in need most, but they don't want uh, dramatic cuts in the BBC services either. And that's the conundrum we've been facing. And, And I just tell you, in all of this... We've been trying to find out what is fairest, what is fair to old people and what is fair to the people who are paying for us who are below 75. But Labour says the government is breaking a manifesto promise to protect a free TV licence until 2022. Deputy Leader Tom Watson thinks blaming the BBC is unfair. I guess they think that because it's a TV licence that the BBC have been paying for the free TV licences for pensioners up until now. That's not true. It's been the Treasury that's paid it, the taxpayer has paid it, because many years ago the country decided that we should honour pensioners who've been working all their lives with a little bit of a break. And the reason I think this is so important is loneliness amongst over 75s is in a chronic state. It's a terrible position. And four out of ten pensioners tell us that the only company they have is their TV. 
So they've been lied to by the government in a manifesto. Three million of them are going to lose their TV licence. Many lonely pensioners will be very, very disappointed by this decision today. It's not the BBC's fault that the the government have dumped this on them. So, do you think the BBC has done the right thing? Should the elderly have to pay their licence fee just like everybody else? The current cost of a colour licence is £154.00. And 50 pence. That works out at £3 a week. You think what you're getting for £3 a week as to what some people pay for other TV services. You'd be lucky to get a pint of beer or a large cup of coffee for that. So what do you think? As we heard, this freebie was only brought in by Gordon Brown uh, in the year 2000. That was before the government introduced the so-called triple lock on the state pension. That means... Your pension goes up every year, either by 2.5% or the rate of inflation, or to match average earnings growth, whatever is the largest. Just think, if you're in a job, when was the last time you got an inflation-busting pay rise? So are you in favour of this change or not? So the BBC are getting this thrown at them with their very heavy salaries that they pay their staff and their presenters, etc, etc. But the government seems to get off a bit late on this one when it is them that are withdrawing the money that they supply to the BBC, despite having said in their manifesto, Conservatives, that as long as they were in Parliament, they would would keep it. So they've gone back on that. But do you think it's necessary anyway for the money that it would save? And individually, it's working out at, you know, Three under just about round about three pounds a week. What is your thoughts? Oh treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number if you'd like to join us. <laughs> I'm almost frightened to say this. Stephen, good morning. Morning, Alex. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. But it's early. And the oh, day the day funny. the day is young. I have a feeling, knowing your views on certain things, that you're against the pensioners getting a TV licence. I'm against a lot of things the pensioners get, and it's not just the, the TV license, are we? It's the same old chestnut when they want to cut something. These pensioners are up in arms. But you must remember, Alex, there's fucking zero contract hours. There's people in here really in the poverty line. You know, why are you giving t- not just TV licenses free to pensioners? It doesn't matter if it's a TV license or 75 or, or 65. You get free prescriptions. I think you should pay in a, a small token for. They shouldn't be getting that, that either. It's passes. They shouldn't be getting that. You get into shops with OAP deals, Ali. You, you always get. You get into the pubs. OAPs. They get a deal and a half and a pint or whatever it is they get. But they get loads of things that's free. But I'm totally against these folks. If you can afford that, you should be paying for it. And the, the tele license to me, it, it should be free. No, just for pencils, it should be free for everybody. Mm-hmm. And see if you get the BBC one or STV, STV commercial advert for them. Some of the BBC should be doing this commercial advert thing. And you know these fat cats that's in, that's in there on TV presenters, you always know, are thinking big, big salaries. But that's, that's just common for these kind of organisations. But pencils, I may remember, if you can afford it, there's a lot of them can afford it, Ali. A lot of millionaires out there, and there's four million big, big, big bucks there sitting in the free telly. But there's e- equally, 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 Stephen, equally, there are those that can't afford it. 
Well, I think you know, society's progressed over the years, Alex. I was brought up in a four-day week with power cuts for four years after the after the, the 50s and the 60s. I was brought up with power cuts. I was brought up in poverty. There's nobody actually on living nowadays in the poverty that we were brought up now. I was brought up in a house with eight children. Eight of them. I have seven brothers and a sister. And my mother. There's loads of those big mad matches. But it's not the poverty what you are saying. As soon as somebody attacks if somebody over 65 or 70 or 80, he's a rattle and say, oh, these poor pensioners, these poor... They're no poor, Alex. That's what I'm trying to say to you. They're no... It's even a rat lonely. They need a telly. They've got a radio, Alex. You know, I'm coming and saying, the telly's nothing. If it's not the telly, say, oh, tomorrow I'll take the bus pass off of you or 70. They're built in arms. Oh, we're, we're going to cut meals and wheels tomorrow. They're up in arms. Oh, you're living in a big, a big mansion there with eight bedrooms in it rattling about. Oh, I'm going to take that off you and we're going to give that to some folk that need it. Sell the things, Alex. You can get your folks home to the boys and get the houses off from their money. They're always, always, always with these pencils. But he's never looking to the poor folk away doing the, the lower scale of the, the ladder, Alex. Well, the, the, this, will, this will affect the lower, this will affect those on the lower scale, won't it? I'm not affect them, I'm not affect them whatsoever. See the folk, the folk at the lower level, level it will not affect them. The clearly state is, that for, for this change, a, a licence fee is, it's going to be, if you're on pension credits, you're going to get it. And if you can afford a TV licence, you're fine for it. That's the way it should be, Alex. Okay, Stephen, thank you very much indeed. If you can afford a TV licence, according to Stephen, no matter what your age, you should be paying for it. Um, okay, that's set us off. Uh, Jonathan, what's your thoughts on this? Good morning. Morning, Ali. Well, frankly, in my lifetime, I would actually pretty much want to see the TV licence scrapped, actually. Right. Um, how do we do that? And, and the BBC... Uh... I don't know. I, I just can't see it happening because you know they've got this. They've got this money coming in all the time, um, and it would need to go commercial. To, well, uh, that's you know. the thing, Ali. You know, it's not, it's basically a state-funded public service, so people unfortunately are forced by law to pay for it. It's not like your typical, you know, company like say mobile phones, where you go with a particular contract. You say, okay, I don't want to be with you anymore. And then you start, after, as soon as you start doing that, they say, well, we're going to start sending around threatening letters saying, look, if you don't pay us, there's going to be consequences, you'll get fined, you'll be taken to court. And that's not really the fair kind of system that the the mainstream media as of now, when people have to subscribe to what they see, um, should be going through at all. That's right. I suppose if you look at, if you if you are a subscriber to Sky or Virgin or Netflix or anything like that, it's your choice. It's your choice to sign up for it, and it's your choice to pay for it. With the BBC, you've no choice. You can actually say to them on the doorstep, I never watched the BBC, but you've still got to pay for it. You've still got to have a licence there. You, it's up to you to prove, I think, that you 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 never watch it. And I would, I would doubt that people, somebody would say they never, ever watch it. But that's not what, well, talk, that's what we're actually talking about today. Is never, you know, not the, the licence fee not being there at all. I understand your feelings there, Jonathan. But are the BBC correct in taking away this free licence for the over-75s? No, I don't think they're uh, correct at all when doing that. But at the moment, because I've been seeing all these statistics lately, like Constatista, for example, um, people, unfortunately, now increasingly are very sceptical of the BBC and what they do, particularly with their bias. And on sites like Statista, I'll get to that, um, the ratings of the BBC in terms of audience numbers have actually been declining ever since 2012. 
I mean, back in 2012, there was 24 million people tuning in to see their services. But nowadays, I found out that close to the end of 2018, it was getting it was slashed all the way down to 17 million. And I do have a feeling that I can detect in the atmosphere that the audience numbers for the BBC are going to continue declining, declining and declining. And eventually it is going to get to the point, hopefully it is approaching the point, where people are definitely going to say, look, can we please not even pay, be forced to pay mm-hmm. for the BBC mm-hmm. anymore? I mean, do you often see the likes of Amazon and Netflix sending around their goods to harass people about pay this, pay this up or else there's going to be consequences, we're going to be taking the court, we'll take out a warrant to search house to see if you have a TV licence or not? Of course not. I, I understand how, the, you know, it's... it's the television um, figures for the BBC you're saying are going down. I mean, the more television channels you get and the more choice, then it's it, there's not more people watching television. It's, it's they're choosing differently. They may be choosing, um, as I said, Netflix. They may be choosing Sky. They, you don't necessarily be just obviously watching the BBC. The days that everybody tuned in for EastEnders has gone. You know, as is with Coronation Street, it's gone. They don't tune in for that every week now because, quite frankly, uh, the script writing on both of these are poor. And also, um, you've got a choice. I'm just, just on what you're talking about there, I'm just looking at the front page of the Scottish Mail on Sunday today. And the headline is, As free licences are axed for over 75, Scott Station, which has shows with no viewers, is branded a waste of money. And this is the new BBC Scotland channel. Um, and some of the figures coming back showing that some shows, uh, a total, in fact, of 21 shows, according to this article in the Mail, had no audience at all on some days, and it's cost an absolute fortune. Yeah, and that's exactly why the free market, particularly in the media, just like how mobile phone companies are in that case, um, should be able to do so. I mean, we've been, of course, I can see why perhaps the BBC might be a bit afraid of the free market. Actually, it's probably a bit of an understatement that, because over in America, for example, the decline, the viewership to some of the main mainstream outlets like CNN and MSNBC, they're on a massive decline. In fact, certain YouTubers on YouTube, before YouTube had to step in with the censorship policies, are actually getting far more views than some of the primetime shows that CNN like or even Rachel Maddow tend to get. So it really is going to be a matter of time, as I'm predicting, before people really are going to take up their arms and go into the street and protest mm. and say, look, we don't want to be paying this bad en- service anymore. We need it scrapped. Enough's enough. OK, Jonathan, thank you very much indeed. John McCutcheon, good morning. Good morning, Larry. How are you this morning? I'm taking it, boo. How's yourself, John? Well, how about yourself? Will you be paying the, you be paying the television licence? <laughs> I have a while to go before <laughs> I get the free licence, but you probably get yours now. No, no well, I can't tell you, I mean... Over, I'm, I'm 86, and you've went through the mill, and I've been in the army for 35 years, but I was in the army before it died for this country, and at 75, the only thing you've got to watch it, the television, you mean, it's, it's something there that's, it's something there that's free, and my wife only gets 79 per week pension. Now, the pensioners today are the worst pension that's going. And you, and you can't, I mean, Stephen was on earlier on, he's a bunch of, I don't know where our man comes from. He's in a different planet from everybody else. So he, he, doesn't, he doesn't... Hang on a minute, John. He doesn't understand the planet that you're on. As you said, you're, no. in, you're in your 80s. You get a free TV licence at the moment. It's going to be taken away from you and you're going to have to pay for it. 
What what difference well, will it make to you if it's if it's working at three pounds extra a day? What difference will it make to you? What difference will it make? I mean, there's a pension. She only gets seventy nine per week pension. She's got to pay for everything you could have mentioned that's that's in the, here. Kind of the, the, the rates, the rates, food, whatever. And, and it's it's not enough money a pension today. And again, personally, Ali, I'll be one of the people going to put in the jail because I'm not paying it. I'd rather go to jail and try to say, well, I can do what I like, but I'm not going to pay it. Well, do, do, you, do you watch Do you watch programmes on the BBC? No, but if I, I'll tell you one thing, Ali. My television, for some reason, <laughs> I was playing a bit with it. I can't get BBC 2 now because they've been changing the signals. I can't get it. Right, OK. So what happens now? <laughs> I can't get the BBC because, because they're changing the channels. I can't get it. So what's the story now? You'll still have to pay for that licence, John. Thank you very much indeed. I said £3 a day. It's £3 a week at once out there. Uh, apologies for that. So what's your thoughts then? Um, as I will say, different ways to get in contact. 033 is the telephone number. You can text your views on 61054. Start your message with Ali. Uh, email ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk. We're on Twitter, hashtag Scotland's Talking as well. And uh, you can get me on the Facebook as well. There's some comments coming up on that one. You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking. Sunday morning, this is Scotland's Talking, and we're back on the phones with uh, Lorraine Sweeney. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Ali. Good morning to you. Right, Thank what's you. your thoughts on this then? My thoughts are BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, they hit us with the poll tax first. Why don't they hit England with the TV licence cut first? Then it would be a different story. Um, but this is not just for Scotland, this is for the UK. It's still the British Broadcasting Corporation. Right. And my aunties, I have just had 90th birthdays, 81st birthdays, 85th birthdays with my family, and so proud to see them listening to this age. They worked all their days, and they're going to just they'll give them a last bit of pleasure before they... Uh, demise, go away, die, whatever, you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. But, um, no, I think uh, if they trial it in, in England, it'll never happen. Right. I don't get your thinking on that. I have to, I'm trying to get on the same wavelength as you, but we're struggling here. Right. Why, sh- why should they try it in England before Scotland? Because uh, everything they try... No, they try minute, you've just said it's the uh-huh. British Broadcasting Corporation. Mm-hmm. So surely if, it's go- if they're going to roll it in, it's across Britain. Well, yes, but then we can use another B. We can go British Brexit Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> it's actually, the whole yes. thing is a farce. You're digging a hole for yourself. I'm Lorraine. no caring. Yeah. <laughs> I am not caring. My phone will be going off the ringer when everybody hears me saying this, and I'm sure we've all discussed it. My wee aunties and up to five in the morning, God knows what time, one of them had three jobs. They've managed to get through life. And the one wee thing that gives them a bit of pleasure, they're going to take off them. Well, they're not. They're not taking off them. They're just going to start paying for it. They've had increases in pension. As I said earlier, the pension's gone up over the last few years. Not by a lot, and certainly nowhere near what they get in the rest of Europe. But hey, you know, it has gone up. And it's £3 a week they're looking for paying this. So, you know, whilst we're blaming the BBC, it is the government who are stopping. They've been paying it so far. We're all jumping on the BBC's fat cats and high-paid salaries, etc. Yes. But 
It's the, it's the government that have been paying it from the Chancellor. They've been giving this so far to the BBC as as a, a, a grant, if you like. You know, that's coming from us to pay for the over 75s. The government have said to the BBC, right, we can't afford to do that anymore, so we're stopping it. Fund it yourselves. And the BBC have come back and said, no, we can't. We're back to the fat cat thing. Right, we'll just we'll draw a line under it there, We Ali. shall agree I to differ, Lorraine. Yes, we'll agree to disagree. Goodbye now. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Uh, right, Philip, good morning. How do you, Ali? I'm not bad. Yeah. Right, I've got kind of mixed feelings about this. You know, that understandably that there are pensioners out there, you know, they've had a pretty tough scratching. But then again, you've got people that have been in well-paid jobs all their life. They've been saving for their old days, that sort of thing. They're no short of a bob or two. I honestly think uh, the, ability, the ability to pay should come into this. You know, right. I, th- I think it should be means tested. Right. Okay. So, how, means test as in, well, you're still going to get it if you're on pension credit, aren't you? That's, that's, that's right. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So, is that not sort of means testing anyway? Yeah, but you, you, you've got rich and poor alley. Right. But you're not getting a pension credit if you're poor, if you're rich. Yeah, but the, 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 the problem with the system is just now everyone's entitled to it, regardless of their income. Yes, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So but I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't object, you know, to paying the, the licence. If I was a pensioner, I still, like you, I've still got a bit to go, you know, before I actually reach that stage, you know. Uh, although my, my mouth actually says to me, I'm actually in a pension, pension state now. However, what I, would, I wouldn't object to the paying the licence and you know, we're getting quality programmes instead of the rubbish that the BBC are churning out just now. I think it all depends on taste. You well, know. well, how many times has Dad's Army been repeated, Ali? I don't know, I never watch it. Yeah, well, well I, I watched it when it first came out in, in, in the 70s, you know, but it's been going on and on and on and yeah. on and on, you know, like some never-ending roundabout. Mm. I, I, I just think we're on television at the moment. We, we're given a fair choice. You know, there are an amazing amount of channels. And still I can sit at night and go, don't like any of that lot. <laughs> so, um, and the BBC, you know, they've got one, two, three. Some of the TV BBC channels I've never watched, so I wouldn't know, you know. Um, is it value for money? Compared to what we get charged by others, uh, the the skies and the virgins of this world and others, I well, think it probably is good I'm value. actually on Freeview at the moment, Ali. Right. Yeah, so um, I, I actually don't mind watching that, especially the Challenge Channel, you know, from the old game shows of the, the 70s and the 80s. I like watching that, you know. But, right. You know, it's getting to the stage where I hardly watch BBC One or BBC Two now unless there was something interesting on. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I'm, I'm with you on that as well, but you still have to pay for the licence, even just to watch the one or two, don't you? Yeah. The BBC were actually criticised, you know, for, uh, I don't know if you recall, some time ago, they actually had to be dragged into court, you know, to, to reveal the, the salaries of their top That's earners. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they had to be forced into court. And, and when the, the list was finally um, revealed, it made for eye-watering reading. Well... It makes you wonder, some of these top executives are on three-figure salaries, uh, six-figure salaries, sorry, are they, it begs the question, are they actually worth it? What are they actually doing to earn that monster salary? I, I see where you're going. I think the my view is that being dragged into court to reveal the salaries was wrong. Um, a person's salary should be between them and their 
uh, employer, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. I don't think that, um, you know, and there were some some people to Cumbridge at that. Chris Evans, off he went. Eddie Mayer, off he went. Uh, to someone and to employers who will not reveal their salaries. But I take your point, uh, Philip. Thank you very much indeed. Moira, good morning. Uh, hi, Ali. It's Moira here. Uh, just in my point of view is over 75, free TV licence, rich or poor, it's part and parcel of an entertainment for them. And over 75, why should the public, why should you and I be providing entertainment for them? Well, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. It's the age group. We've all got choices, whether they save up for the retirement or whether they don't. If they've got money in the bank or if they don't have any money in the bank. But I personally think 75-year-olds and over should get a free TV licence. OK. I don't mind. You don't mind? You no, think it should I defi- don't mind. You think it should stay? Yes, I should stay, and I don't think they should take it off them if they've already got it. Right. Well, I, I think it, if it should stay, it should be the Treasury that's paying for it and not the BBC. Thanks, Ali. Okay, thank Bye. you very much indeed, Moira. Thank you. What is your view? Oh, treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number. If you've got a view on this, on the BBC uh, getting blamed for taking away the pension, uh, taking away the license, but um, you know, government's got a hand in it there as well, uh, ducking and diving as they are at the moment. Um, what are your thoughts? Oh, treble three twenty twenty four oh one. We'll keep uh, taking um, your comments on that. Uh, I'd also like to ask you this. What do you think about bringing back national service? It's one of the ideas from Rory Stewart, who's one of the politicians still in the running to be the next Tory leader and Prime Minister. Well, he was when we came on here today, anyway. And and he's doing rather well. He's getting a lot of people and various programmes that I've been watching and listening to, and he's coming out with a lot of sensible comments because, actually, he's not a Tory toff. He's been there. You know, he, well, he is a wee bit, but, you know, he has been there. He's He's been doing a lot of good things. Um, and But it's amazing how people, oh, it'd be great if Rory Stewart, but he, he's no chance of winning it. Anyway, what I'm talking about is, he says national service should be brought in, or a type of national service, as we used to know it. It ended in 1963. All men aged between 17 and 21 uh, for those who can't remember this, had to spend 18 months in the armed forces unless you were in what was called an essential service. What Rory Stewart is proposing is very different. As he explained it in a video he posted on social media. Here he is. One of the things that I think we need to do in this society is come together more strongly as communities and as people. I am therefore committing that on the day that I take over as Prime Minister... I will launch a national citizen service. Not a military service, but a national service for every young person at 16, where they will go spend two weeks with people from different backgrounds, often in an outdoor education setting, to learn skills, develop confidence, and then two weeks giving back to a community with a community design project. It's a fantastic way of bringing people from Scotland and England together, fantastic way of bringing people from deprived backgrounds and more well-off backgrounds together, a fantastic way of bringing together a sense of national pride. I felt it myself as as a young uh, man, as a teenager joining the army in a military setting, how much confidence it gave me and how much it set me up for life. But in modern Britain, it doesn't need to be in a military setting. It can be in a civilian setting. And by giving back to a community, we can get that pride, we can get that energy, and we can get some of that purpose in coming together, which is central to the Britain that we should be building together. 
So what do you make of Rory Stewart's idea then? Would sending every 16-year-old away for a month improve social cohesion like he says it will? What's your reaction if you're a parent of a teenager? Or if you're under 16 and listening this morning, would you fancy being made to do that? It's only a month. You know, two weeks away training and two weeks giving back in community service. He said, we'll uh, make a man or a woman of you. And if you're old enough to remember doing national service, what did you get out of it? Let me know. Or treble three twenty twenty four zero one. at the text number is 61054. Start your message with Ali. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. We're talking at the moment of the decision by the BBC to scrap free TV licences for over 75s. And we're also talking about uh, the MP Rory Stewart's uh, suggestion that we bring back a type of national service. Uh, Let's see where we're going with John. John, good morning to you. Good morning, Ali. Um, I'm doing my duster, but let's carry on with the television licence. First of all, I would like to say that I don't think the BBC should have a licence to operate in the first place. I think it should have been taken off them with the Jimmy Savile carry-on and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the BBC were up to their neck in it and they should have been prosecuted for it. Any other company in the country would have been prosecuted, but not the BBC. Okay, bring in that's, too, that's, too not, that's not what we're talking about. Yes, I know that's not what we're talking about. Well, get back on about. the subject then. Okay, they're, try, they're, try, they're trying to charge the OAPs. This country, as I said last week on your programme, shout and spout about how great our pensioners have been and what they do and what, mm. they, what they didn't do during the war and all the rest of it. And the first time they need a bit of money, is it their pocket they rattle? Is it their expenses they rattle? No, it's for old age pensioners got it again. Our pensioners is treated probably the worst in Europe. And this is just another example of it, Ali. And they really want to hang their head in shame in this country, the way they treat our pensioners. I was busy taking a woman to the hospital this morning whose mother is getting put into a home and she's crying her eyes out because her mother's getting her house taken off her because she's, getting, she's having to go into a home and they're taking it off her. A woman that's worked all her life, Ali, and it's just another example of what this country do and how they treat our pensioners. It's time they treated them nicely for a change. OK, John, I'm going to leave you there. I've got to get up to the news and I'd like to get Ian in before then. Ian, good morning to you. Good morning. Your point, Ian? If you have, if you're over 75 and you have non-terrestrial TV, i.e. satellite or cable, mm-hmm. then I think you should be paying for your licence. Because what you're paying a month for the other services makes the licence look good value for money. Yep, yep. But there's another end to this. Part of the packages that these non-terrestrial TV companies use is that they have BBC One, BBC Two, and BBC Four. So you're paying for that in your package there as well. So you're actually paying for it twice. Yep. So uh, somebody's not done their song. I'll tell you the funny story. I have a TV aerial. So I can watch it on terrestri- terrestrial TV. I think that's what it is. Right, okay. If 
my cable or satellite goes down, I'm never stuck. But I know dozens that only get all the channels through their boxes. That's right, yes. So how do you justify that? But can I add one thing away from the subject? Very quickly, please. I'm just back from a fortnight in the States. Mm -hmm. They can't believe that we think, in this country, we will save the world, save the planet. They can't believe that we are actually paying for carrier bags. They're giving them away over there, and they're no wee small jobs. There's a well-known supermarket who operate in the UK as well. We're charged in the UK. They double bag things if there's, a, like, say, a whiskey bottle yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, When's me paddy up at Holyrood going to waken up? Okay, well, it is a, it is a government law that uh, they've got a charge for carrier bags. It's not the, the retailers themselves. But take the point, Ian. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, just go into the news on this one. The TV licence, this comes in on social media. TV licence for over 75s will be means-tested. Only people who can afford it will be asked to pay for it. What's the argument about, says Martin and Annan. If you can afford it, why shouldn't you get a freebie? Young people have to pay for it and houses absorb a huge amount of their income. Pensioners don't have mortgages or childcare. They have more disposable income. Martin, thank you. Sunday morning, it's Ali Bally with Scotland's Talking. And uh, if you've just joined us, good morning to you. We've been talking uh, quite at length as well, quite a lot of calls on the BBC's decision to get rid of free TV licences for people aged over 75. Um, We're also uh, discussing the idea from uh, Rory Stewart, who's one of the politicians still in the running to be the next Tory leader and Prime Minister, uh, national service as we know it. He's not co- quite calling it national service. Um, there's, a, there's a comment come in here that says, who's it come from? Phil G, Phil, on uh, text, says, reintroducing national service, excellent idea. Teach young lads discipline and respect at an early age. Let them try and cheek the sergeant major at their peril. They'll end up in solitary and compelled to run an assault course with a heavy backpack with sweat dripping off them. Good grief, Phil. Tell me off your soapbox. That's not what is being planned. That is not what is being suggested by Rory Stewart. Uh, he's made it quite clear that it's more of a social um, get-together. Um, I've no doubt they will be um, put through some of their paces, but not in the way that you're thinking of. Just don't see that happening at all. Uh, Joseph, good morning. Good morning, Ali. A mixture of sun showers and... Indeed, sun- <laughs> indeed. It's going to be a bit of everything. Aye, not, not, not to worry, Alan. You can cope with it, I think. Right. So, what are you, what are you on about? Well, the two points, Alan. The seventy-five. Oh, two points. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, national service uh, thing. And, uh, well, the, the, the seventy-five thing, Alan. I mean, one minute when the, the, the BBC put all that thing on, going over to Normandy and all that, and all that, and praising the, the, the soldiers and everybody was involved in the wars and all that, and then on the other hand. They're crucifying them, Ali. We're taking their license away for the people that saved this country from a Nazi regime. Where would they be if they hadn't? All these soldiers didn't know who they were, who they were going with. They were coming off these boats. They didn't even get a chance shot there and then, Ali, to get mm. our freedom, you know. So you think it should continue? Yes, Ali, because... No, no, not just the, the men, Ali. There was a lot of women involved in the war procedure, which was didn't recognise for years after it. I know, you know, they kept them... They, they were kept low down, but they, they put a, a, a lot of things into the war, I know, by, by helping the soldiers, I know, at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. you know, these countries. And I think it's a disgrace, Ali. These people give us for freedom. 
So let them have a wee bit of freedom for their television, Alec, for the latter years of their life. OK, right. Your next point? The National Service, Ali. I think that's a great idea, Ali. It would sort out a lot of jobs. You know what happened to the, the, the things they've done there, desecrated the, the monuments, and all, not just in one part of Glasgow and in, in, in Lanarkshire area. They've done it all over Scotland, spraying them, Ali, and thinging, putting all the paint on them. That's the ones that should be getting there doing two-year, Ali, and sorting them out, you know, what it's like to be uh, in a war. You know. mm. Again, I've I, I got to emphasise that Rory Stewart's not talking about it being a military. Yeah, I understand. I, I, that's what I mean, Ali. I'd get them out there and do a bit and show them this is what you do. You don't go around desecrating people that give yeah, you freedom. Yeah. You know. I'm with you. A, a, bit of, a wee bit of discipline, but more guidance, I would have Yes, thought. Ali. You know, Tying it in their head, you don't go around and do that. People, these people uh, came to you and said, going to help me, what did you do? Go and desecrate the, 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 the families, uh, families that's involved in that, looking after it. I wonder, then, I wonder how today's 16-year-olds feel about it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the calls on it so far have been from those that have either been through it or indeed think it's a great idea. But I wonder how the 16-year-old who's doing well, let's just say doing well at school, you know, mm. going, going um, to stay on for another year so that they can get some qualifications to go into university or whatever, and in the middle of all this... They've got to go away and do two month, two weeks of training uh, well, and then two weeks of voluntary work for somebody that they might not want to do it for. Well, my, bro- my bros were on the thing. I, I was the last one. I, I just missed a call up Ali a couple of years because but I was in the cadets, Ali, and that sorted me out great, brilliant. I knew how to do this and do that and, and discipline and all, Ali, and taking out to, away out to the country up to the... The, Is that not the job of your parents to teach you how to do right and wrong? No, I'm talking about, talking about seeing places, Ali. You, you don't even you way back in the cities in the days. I mean, the schools can't, can't take you out anywhere. But if you were in there and the, the cadets and all that, you know, in exploited places, uh, you know, helping out here yeah. and doing wee jobs and all that. Ah, that's you know. what I'm saying. My parents took me places. I went to Methyl, went Aye. to Burnt Island. Aye. I mean, that was good enough for me. Aye. Joseph, but, thank you very much. I've got your point. You got your, you know, you're thinking it's it's a good service. I just think of, you know. How can it be going and volunteering? That was another part of Rory Stewart's part. You would you spend two weeks um, being guided and then two weeks voluntarily giving something back. How can it be voluntary if you're being forced to do it? Another comment in here says, a great majority of youths today would seem to have no direction other than burying their heads in phone games, etc. Oh, dear which has been proved to contribute to mental health issues and worrying for their future. Really? Other outlets for using their energy would be of immense value to youngsters before they end up living lonely and reclusive lives. I can understand why you haven't put your name at the end of this. A lot of nonsense. Right. <laughs> uh, Ian is in Ardrossan. How are you, Ian? Good morning, Ali. How yourself? Good, thank you. I'm good. What's your point? Uh, my point's regarding uh, Rory Stewart's about national service. I mean, I was uh, 21, I joined the Territorial Army with a guy who was for the Parachute Regiment at the time of the Falklands. I was left with my toy. He called away. His wife was giving birth. Uh, I spent 30, 18 years there, and that's 32 years now, and I've still got this close bond relationship from the Fusilier right up to the, the Major. Mm-hmm. And command officers. Uh, once a presentation with Princess Margaret at George Square, it was held within the city chambers, and one of the first comments to me was, Coral, do you think they should bring back national service? And I said, I think they should, ma'am, uh, reduce unemployment. Uh, regarding that, 
people that's unemployed should go through a year's phase where it's regular or territorial and learn the skills and the bond and the comedy shit, which never goes away, even mm-hmm. after 32 mm-hmm. years. Uh, it's Martin's work. They're fighting each and on the streets. They would fight alongside each and there someday. And uh, it, uh, it would change lives dramatically and it would open up people's eyes to a new concept that as one army or one Britain. I think I, I, I take your points on, on you know, the comradeship. I mean, I've, I've known many people that have been in the army and that's one thing that they have is that they, you know, they, they, they do bond and, and you know, generally um, they're taken through life and they've got friends for life in the army. But I, what what I'm, I'm looking at is Rory Stewart one, you know, um, I'm not saying it's wrong and he's been in the army and all that type of stuff, you know, but um, a month... What what is anybody going to be able to do? And in fact, out of that month, much no, out of that month, two weeks is training or guidance, uh-huh. and two weeks is then giving back to your community, volunteering for something. I just feel uh-huh. it's a, it, it's you know, I, I like Rory Stewart and what he's been saying, but I think because he's standing for uh, the next Tory leader and Prime Minister, his uh-huh. comment was, "The day I become Prime Minister, I will bring this forward." I think it's uh, just a wee sound bite, you know. It's just a wee I bit. I don't know. Bit. Well, you, you, could go, you could go on a four nights adventure training and only gain different skills, but it, as you say, it's discipline, respect, loyalty, integrity, and courage. But that just built up through a few years. Uh, you gain you know, your basic training, but as I say, to, to do something like that, it would need to be a longer term. Like, mm-hmm. if it's unemployed for 17 to 21, does a year's training, whether it's a regular unit or a territorial unit, certain dates, standards have to be met. And then once they've done their time, I mean, because basically they're not really getting nothing in the streets now. There is no jobs, and it's the best time of my life I've ever had, and I've seen the world. Uh, so I was actually in the fire service as well for 15 years, doing that for 18 years, and holding a full-time job. So if I can do three jobs, surely some guys that are unemployed can get us a bash for a year and see the change in them. Mm-hmm. change. Okay, Ian, thank you very much indeed for your view, um, with uh, personal experience as well. John, good morning to you. Uh, very good morning, Ali, and uh, happy Father's Day. Thank you very much indeed. Your point today, then, what do you want to talk about? My point today is uh, I was in Dad's Army. Right. Um, I'm 69, good on 70. Uh, I did uh, a few years in the Army uh, with basic situations and such which I will not go into. But, Rory, I'm thinking about what he's saying. Actually, what's happening here with our youth? Would you join the cadets? That's why I'm asking the youth of today. Join the cadets, join in, and be part of the community. Mm. Do do you think the youths of today then should be um, forced, if you like, to join something like the cadets for a minimum of six months or something like that? They should be um, not just encouraged, but they have to. As part of a job search, not actually forced, Ali, but the fact that boys and girls should part of the schooling, put down all their mobile phones and, and, and cards and such, and maybe have two or three weeks training 
into the real world. Okay, John, you see, there's another one saying put down their mobile phones, and there's a few comments coming in saying stop doing games, etc. And to me, that's coming from people who are just not grasping the technology that we live with today. That's what young people live with. Why should they put down their phones and their games? You know, that's quite, that's, that's just doesn't, it's like you're thinking every young person sits with their head in a computer and playing games. Not every young person does that. Thanks, John. I keep the scores coming in regarding those two. I also want to ask you, and we'll be talking about mobile phones again in a minute. You know, you go into a restaurant. We talk about, you know, again, we're talking about kids, youths, um, male and female, with their heads buried in phones. Go into a restaurant and look at the amount of mums and dads that are sitting on their mobile phones in restaurants. We'll be talking about that in a moment. Watch when you're going down the street, the mums that are pushing buggies and they're on their mobile phone at the same time. So it's not just kids with their heads in mobile phones. Before we do that, before we look at mobile phones in restaurants, are you ready to make the sacrifices to your lifestyle to meet the UK government's new climate change targets? They're going to make it law that by 2050, that's just over 30 years away, our carbon dioxide emissions will be net zero. That doesn't mean no emissions. It means that any greenhouse gases produced have to be matched with something to counteract it, like planting trees. Or perhaps the carbon capture technologies which don't exist yet. So what's the effect going to be on you and me? I think it's safe to say it won't have much effect on me in 30 years' time. The experts say we're going to have to eat less meat, drive electric cars, use more public transport and get rid of our gas boilers. Lord Deben chairs the Committee on Climate Change and says we don't have a choice. Nobody can get others to do things which they're not prepared to do themselves. And we, after all, started the problem. The Industrial Revolution is what has changed our climate. We grew rich because of that pollution. And now we've got to lean in and move out to the new Industrial Revolution. That's where the jobs will be. If we get on with it immediately, if the government brings forward the measures necessary to begin to make uh, electric cars the replacement for uh, uh, internal combustion engines, to make sure that every new house that's built is actually energy efficient instead of the appalling building that we're doing at the moment, to make people able to have heating without using fossil fuels, all those things the government can do if it starts now. But uh, each of the changes, of course, will be difficult. I mean, we've suggested that people should eat about 20% less meat, but perhaps eat better meat so that the meat would be grown in fields of mixed farming instead of the feedlots, which I think are so damaging. Uh, But it will be hard for some people to make that change. Dave Timms is from Friends of the Earth. The damage that's being caused is being felt right now. Heatwave, flooding loss of species so we must up our game and that's what we've committed to do internationally so going faster is the right thing to do and in a premiership that's been characterized by inaction Theresa May looks like she's now going to do the right thing but it's too slow still we can and must move faster and much more important than that the next prime minister must take decisive action right now to cut our emissions 
And Ben Van Burden is the chief executive of oil and gas giant Shell. And he says we can't go on living the same way. Nobody can get others to do things which they're not prepared to do themselves. And we, after all, started the problem. The Industrial Revolution is what has changed our climate. We grew rich because of that pollution. And now we've got to lean in and move out to... The- my apologies, we've already heard that. Well, it was my fault. My fault. Press the wrong button. Here, here is Ben Van Burden, chief executive of oil and gas giant Shell. We have to change consumption patterns one way or other as society uh, of the services that we take uh, things like more more recycling more public transport uh, maybe thinking hard about when to take what products and what season and etc 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 but then on top of it we have to somehow make our industries and our economies more energy efficient we have to make sure that whatever energy we use is of a lower carbon variety and then we will have to offset whatever emissions remain. But we have to do all four of those. We can't just say only one will do. All four for all sectors. And, yeah, you know, offsets are going to be part of it, whether it is actually capturing the CO2 and storing it or whether it is offsetting it through reforestation. It is going to be needed because otherwise we will not get to net zero. There is no way in my mind that we will find that the entire economy can somehow avoid making emissions. Aviation is not going to be at a zero emission uh, level by 2050, is my guess. So therefore, a certain degree of offset will always remain. It's not a bad idea to just say zero by 2050. Why not? Let's, let's try and make it happen. Let's try and make it happen. But are you ready to make the sacrifices to your lifestyle to meet the UK government's new climate change targets? That's the question for you. And how could it be done? Um, we, we already heard a caller there who's just saying, just back from America, and, and you know, they, they hand out carrier bags willy-nilly, they don't see anything going wrong with the planet, and they think we're daft. What do you think? Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Just going through some of the social media comments, because there's loads of them today. Thank you for that. Thanks for getting in touch. Ali, I was 75 last year and received my free TV licence and was very grateful. Many people, particularly those who are older in golden generation, are at risk of becoming lonely and isolated. And free TV licence is a small gesture to keep in touch with the world. The ironic thing is, says Anne, is those in prison do not have to pay for a TV licence. And anybody who is jailed for not paying a TV licence fee or a £1,000 fine could watch TV for free in prison. Where's the justice in that? And thank you. Uh, we're, talking about, um, we're talking about this national service. Uh, Martin says, Teenagers are often disrespectful and selfish. Teachers aren't allowed to enforce discipline and now everything is on demand. Young people don't learn patience or appreciate what they have. A period of helping others might help them see the bigger picture and stop them being self-obsessed. But two weeks is not enough. Six months, maybe. Martin, I agree with you on that. There is, there is a role here. Um, and, and just not, Rory Stewart's got an idea but it would be an idea that would need a lot of working on because if they're not, if it's not a military type thing that he wants, then it means that companies, training companies, are going to have to be set up 
to do this. They're going to be community companies. And what happens if it's not a military thing and there is, you know, no real orders being given? What happens if a 16-year-old just says, nope, I'm not doing it? I am not doing it. I am not going. What happens? Hasn't come up with that. So it's, 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 that's what makes me think that something's just come off the the hip there to get some publicity as he's going through the the situation for um, for being prime minister, head of the Conservatives. Here's another one that says, uh, "You were talking about parents uh, should be guiding their children um, instead of this." My son-in-law pays no attention to his children whatsoever and spends every available free moment playing phone games. What sort of message is that giving our youth? Absolutely the wrong one. Take that. Yes, thank you. Uh, Billy, good morning. Morning, Ali. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm on about the TV licence, but you want to take the TV licence after older people. Right. What's your thoughts? Well, my thought says, why does the BBC know, uh, let them have advertisement and that's get twofold? They'll get revenue for the advertising and we'll get a break for the trust at the shows anyway. <laughs> that's one way of looking at it, I think. Um, if the licence was to go and, you know, they, they weren't, they, they were just totally depending on commercial um, money coming in, yeah, they would have to step up the programmes a wee bit, I think, and... Would there be enough advertising to go around all the stations? I don't know. I don't but know. It would, be, it would be more income than they've got the new. They don't advertise anyway, anyway, so it would be more income than new. Ah, but they're getting their income for nothing at the moment. They're getting it from the government. No, I'm, talking, it from, I'm the, talking about the BBC. Yeah, I'm talking about the BBC as well. The BBC get yeah. that. They do have an income. They get their income through the, the licence. And that's what... Well, the, government, the government need to give them less income than if they'll get advertising money. Right. Take the licence away altogether and make it advertising only. Make it advertising, that's it, and I'll give you a break for the drums when you Thanks very much, Billy. Let's go to Morag. Hello, Morag. Hello. Good morning. What's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that uh, you're talking about 3 million people or so who will lose the free TV licence, while there are 25 million and more who pay for licences at the moment. So what if those who pay for licences paid £1.50 or so a month more then that would pay for it. Right, so put the licence fee up, you're saying? Yeah, it would work out about 15 times a year. Mm-hmm. But, on the other hand, for the over 75s, it would work out about £3 a week. So why can't they pay it? And uh, it's already taken care of for those who um, would be on pension credits and, and couldn't afford the TV licence, they'll still get paid for them. But as some of our callers have been saying, Morag, there are people out there who can't afford it, 75 or not. Yeah, there are a lot of people who can't afford it, whether they're 75 or not. Mm. But would you give your granny £1.50 a month for a cup of coffee? Of course you would. Of course you would, yeah. So charge those who pay for it at the moment, charge them extra. That's your thoughts. Yeah, because it would only be a pound or two a month rather than them paying £3 a week. Mm-hmm. Got you. So, so 50p a week, less than 50p a week. Right. You've done, done your sums, Morag, on this. You, yes, you, I've, I have done my sums. I see you're in Fife. I think you went to the same school as I did. <laughs> what school would that be? <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> I, I can tell you it was approved. Thank you, Morag. Anna, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm all right, Anna. How's four for today? 
bit overcast. Right. What's right. your thoughts? Well, I'm thinking about the National Service. How about young men, well, young boys, 16, 17, 18, 19, how do they get them to go to the National Service and mark men of them instead of being, uh, what would you say, going about doing nothing? Yeah, you see, I just don't get this view that some people, including you by the sounds of it, has this view that youths are going about doing nothing. Aye. You know, there are the majority, come on, Anna, you know, the majority of youths, male and female, go out and they make a good life for themselves. Aye, some of them. No, the majority of them. No, I, I would say some of them. Right, okay, we'll disagree. (laughs) <laughs> and I and I was going on about the the TV license. I've just got my free TV license. You can't. So am I going to hit a start and pay again? Yes. Oh no! You've got it free for a year. Oh, you're joking! And let's face it, Anna. With the money you've got stashed away in the bank, you don't need it. Oh, that'll be cocoa. <laughs> 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 How so- would other that? Last caller, how would she like to live on the bare pension? I mean, it's you have your your rent to pay, your council tax to pay, your electric, your gas, and that's on bare pension. Anna, just serious question here, because a few people have been talked about these overpaid pensioners, <coughs> and I and, and I've read that we are as as a country one of the lowest paid. Uh, pensions we in 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 Europe, but what when you talk about the bare pension, what is the bare pension? Oh, hundred and something a week. I can't imagine. You. Right, I, 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 I don't know. That's why I was asking. Uh, you'll no belong getting a pension, Ali. A few years to catch up on you, Anna. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for the call. Okay. Bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye. Um, going back on social media, here's one from Kath. We are custodians of this planet. Oh, right, planet saving. And all the life and creatures that live on planet Earth. We have no choice but to take seriously the interventions needed to try to prevent climate change. Our government should be more proactive and legislate to ensure only uh, composable plastics should be produced. Okay, Kath, thank you. That was us going back to uh, the question that I asked. Are you ready and are you willing to sacrifice uh, some of the things that we have to do, your lifestyle and the lifestyle, to, to get to the UK government's new climate change target, uh, which is they're going to make it law that by 2050, just over 30 years away, our carbon dioxide emissions will net zero. Well, you can bet with the different governments that will come in in that 30 years, it will change a few times. What do you think about this? Do you think it will catch on? An Angus restaurant is on the mission to bring the art of conversation back to the dinner table by locking up his customers' mobile phones. Seven Sins Restaurant in Montrose will give diners 10% off their bill if they hand over the phone and leave it in a locked box at the start of their meal. Scott Learmo has been telling our reporter Callum Clark how he got the idea. There was a few reasons, to be honest. Um... Right. There's a few reasons, to be honest. Um, 
That's all I got there. Right, OK, I'll come back to that in a moment. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. I mentioned earlier that I was getting lots of comments through on social media, and uh, I'd just like to read some of them through on all the subjects we were talking about. Uh, the TV licence for over 75s will be means-tested. Only people who can afford it will be asked to pay for it. Um, and that was coming from Martin, which we read a bit about that earlier on. Um, and here's one that comes in from Catherine. Catherine says, I think the BBC should be more compassionate and free TV licence should be extended for everyone who is living in poverty, not just those over 75 in receipt of pension credit, but those of any age receiving others' means-tested entitlements as they are on a low income and living in poverty, such as the sick and the disabled. I had to live without a TV licence for over a year as uh, as I was unwell and I couldn't afford a TV licence. I couldn't risk or indeed pay the, the £1,000 fine. Uh, Catherine, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch because, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very good point. If you are just totally unable to pay for it, and you were taking it serious, a lot of people just then ignore it, don't they? Just think, oh, well, we'll pay for it anyway. Uh, Or we won't pay for it and we'll just watch it. Uh, So thanks for that. Uh, The man who thinks the AOAP should not get a free TV licence, well, uh, he can look forward to having everything taken away when he turns 75. He sounds like a bitter, self-centred and selfish, stupid idiot. That has to be Stephen she was talking about. Um, Right, thanks. Uh, Here's another one about Stephen, who was on at the beginning talking about this. Uh, Stephen is clearly on another planet. He has no idea how little the state pension is and his comments about current levels of poverty are seriously misguided. Okay, right. Uh, Thank you for that as well. Uh, So quite a few coming in there. So let's go back to this um, uh, Angus restaurant owner. He's on a mission to bring the art of conversation back uh, to the dinner table by locking up his customers' mobile phones. Uh, my apologies, the little bit of we had pre-recorded with them seems to have um, um, gone technical, <laughs> as it would be called. Scott Learmouth uh, joins me live now. Scott, uh, good morning to you. Morning. Morning, right. So we're talking about this. So what, what brought this idea about? Tell us, tell us what really got to you, Scott. There's a few reasons that got me going, to be honest. I have three kids I've come into their teenage years just now. And they are glued to their phones. So if I go out for food with them, I spend an hour staring at the back of a mobile phone. Um, So that was one of my reasons. My second reason was, we've got quite a busy restaurant. It's busy most of the time. And then you look in the restaurant and everyone's glued to their phone and there's no atmosphere. People aren't speaking. So it was quite uncomfortable. So we thought we would try something new just to get people socialising a bit more, get them having some conversation again and just enjoying time out with their friends and family. Mm. I understand what you're saying. I've been in restaurants exactly the same. In fact, I was at uh, a charity dinner on Friday and we were talking about um, how everybody, there was nobody using a mobile phone during the meal. The place was a buzz. You know, everybody was talking to each other and and it it was really a great atmosphere. So you've decided to do what to try try and bring that atmosphere back to your restaurant? Okay, so basically... What we're doing is when customers come in, they get the choice to take part in the campaign. It is 100% optional. They don't have to do it if they don't want to. Um, should they want to take part, they get a lockbox. They place their phones in the box. We lock the box up. They keep hold the key, and we put the um, the boxes back in a safe place, chain them up so they're safe there. And then when customers are finished their meal, they get their box back, get their phones back, and they get 10% off their bill. Right. Has anybody um, just got quite 
upset about it? Anybody just saying, no, that's my right? No, not at all. We've run it for three days now, so that's probably an average of about maybe 400 tables I've had in over the three days, and not one person has been angry about anything. A couple of people have said no because of work commitments or family right, commitments. Right, right, that's understandable. Totally fine. Um, but everybody else has been up for it and trying it, and the atmosphere has changed overnight. It was, it was amazing, to be honest. I'll bet you, yeah. They're actually talking to each other again. Yeah, it's great to feel an atmosphere in, in the restaurant now. Okay, so this this experiment, Scott, is three days old. Are you going to be keeping it going? Yeah, so it's, we're running it permanently now. We've also got um, Offline for Money Off.com, which is going live this week, hopefully, which is a website where other venues can sign up for it, and we'll help them launch it. We'll help them all the media packs and get them involved and just get them trying it and see if we can get more people on board across the country. Restaurant-free mobile phones. And I understand with those that have to keep the phones by their side for, for medical reasons or, or if they're, they're on call or whatever. You'll always get that, won't you? But um, yeah. I, has, has anybody been tempted when they've heard the phone going in the lockbox to say, go on, I want into it? Well, we've had a couple over the weekend with the phones ringing and I have went and checked for them and I've asked them, look, this person's phone, would you like us to... If you need to call as an emergency or anything, but most of them just said no, no, it's fine. Um, we'll call them back. So we do keep somebody on by the phones all the time in case there is an emergency. Somebody needs their phone because obviously some things people need to rush off or anything. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is always somebody on hand to help them out with that. They also get a card when they come in, which has got the restaurant's phone number, the table number on it, so they can text anybody they need that might need it, or obviously put it on their social media, whatever else, so people can get a hold of them in case of emergency. Fantastic. Well, Scott, well done on getting it up and running anyway, and I wish you all the best with it. And thank you very much, and thank you for phoning this morning. Not at all, Scott. Cheers. All the best to you. Thank you. So there we are, Scott Learmouth at the Seven Sins in Montrose. As he says, a busy restaurant, 400 over the last three days, um, and only a couple of objections. So it would seem that we would quite easily give up our phones if necessary. Marlene's in Edinburgh. Hello, Marlene. Hiya, Ali. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Do you think it's a good idea to lock your phone away in a box in a restaurant? Certainly. An example, right. Say, say that I was to meet someone in a restaurant for a meal, say a potential boyfriend, for instance, and he whips out his mobile phone, Oof. starts starts texting... I would be inclined to say, oh, what the, beep, 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 mm-hmm. and walk out. And um, also going to a party, say, for instance, and ha- more than half of them are on their mobile phones. Uh, to me, conversation is a dying art which should come back big time. It's not just, though... Um, teenagers, is it, Marlene? It's, it's not just them. We, we, we as adults do it as well. I, I'm as guilty as anybody else of sitting at a restaurant table and checking my emails and things. Shame on you. No, I'm not. I've got to catch up. <laughs> got to catch up on it sometime. You know, it's, do it at home. <laughs> that's, that's just as bad. I get told off at home. <laughs> well, what do you do? I know. I know it's 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 what we're into now. It's like you know you got to check emails, you got to check your social media. Um, but do you have to? No. no. No, exactly. You don't. If you lose so, your phone, or you le- or I leave it in the car for the night, it doesn't matter, really, does it? No, it doesn't. And um, 
very glad to say that I don't have such a phone. I've only got a basic mobile which I could phone out or text, and that's it. Is it a brick? <laughs> it's a very <laughs> antiquated one. Yeah, I can imagine. But uh, no, I think nowadays the art of conversation has gone down big time and it should should be brought back. I totally agree all, with you. And that's all I, I could see on this subject. I'm, I'm very much against this mobile phones. You're walking in the street and people, and I mean adults as well, their heads are down and the bang into you. Yeah. And oh, okay. Yeah, crossing no, no. crossing the road without looking and they're still on their mobile phone as you come oh, round well. the corner as a driver. That's another one that annoys me. Marley, oh, we'll run okay. out of time. I'll need to go. Thank you very much indeed uh, for your call and thanks to you for your company as well. We've uh, loads of messages there on my Facebook, on social media. It's um, been a very, very busy one indeed. I'll just end with one that comes in there from Dave McCauley. says, I think the government should pay an extra £75 to watch it with the amount of repeats that we have. We're talking about television here. Uh, pay people more, not less. and uh, They spend it anyway, and it all creates a better harmony in the economy. Dave, thank you for that. Uh, so we've been talking about the TV licence. We were talking about uh, the type of national service that Rory Stewart wants to bring in, not if he becomes Prime Minister, but he says... When I, the day I become Prime Minister, I will bring this into operation. I think he maybe thinks it's fairly safe that he will not become Prime Minister, which is another debate totally.